0: This is Singular DTV Podcast. We are building the world's first blockchain entertainment ecosystem with the creator in mind. We are the blockchain people powered by Ethereum. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Medium at Singular DTV. You can join our community in Telegram. We are Singular DTV Official. All right, welcome to yet another episode of Singular DTB's podcast. My name is Miguel Martinez, Michael 27A, Singular DTB's lead community manager. Joining us today is one of the best people out there in the blockchain sphere because he's the, actually the guy who is protecting us all. And now I'm not talking about Tony Stark, Iron Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm talking about MetaCert's CEO and founder, Mr. Paul Walsh. How you doing, Paul? (laughs) Good.
1: That was a nice introduction. Thanks very much. I wouldn't say I was the best, but it's a very kind introduction. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, no, it's funny because I actually thought think about you in kind of that sense of Tony Stark. I mean, you're <laughs> you're fu- you're funny, you're traveling, and you always like want to step ahead of actually trying to protect us all in the blockchain sphere. And you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man, it's always trying to protect the Avengers, and that's what he's doing. So it's kind of it kind of makes sense in, in my head, at least. <laughs> I'll Don't take, take it, it. I'll take it. Don't take this away from me right now, please. <laughs> no, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> right. So Paul, um, basically literally actually I have to say that thanks to MetaSert, um Singular Dtb has been able to actually stay away from people falling out, falling for scams and especially specifically in our Slack channel, which is where we had the original community at now we actually have the discord channel and we have telegram and the first thing i did when i created the telegram official um was install metacert because i didn't want anyone coming in and spamming feaching or any anything of that sort so that translated also into me looking about your your tokens your blockchain platforms and such and that translated into Who is Paul and and what did he do? And you've actually been interviewed a couple of times. And what it struck me is that you've been around the internet for a while. And you've actually seen how the internet has developed into hacking, cybersecurity and such. So this all began in the mid-90s without going into age or anything like that, right? Yes, I'm old. I
1: remember the
0: old days of
1: dial-up using modems. So yeah, it's since 1996. That's when I joined AOL. Um, I was playing around with the web and modems prior to that, but that
0: was really when I was kind of thrust into the internet. And how how is the inter- how is the internet compared then to now as far as security? Because at that point in time, there was a lot of people. People didn't understand how the technology worked a whole lot and they would trust mainly everything because they thought that it was just free. Everything was free and such Uh, until now that something as simple as people, you know, masking themselves as agents of trust can actually hack you or just hack your currency or your bank accounts and such.
1: Yeah, cybersecurity has always been a challenge. Um, The attack vector and the methods that are used by cyber criminals and the bad actors changes over time. So cybersecurity is always kind of trying to play catch up because the bad actors are pretty smart and they look for new ways of cheating people of their hard-earned money. So it's always been a challenge. But as an industry sector, it's actually kind of relatively new. I would even go as far as to say it's only about 10, 12 years old as an actual industry sector. Um, The challenges have changed. Uh, The challenges that we address are anti-fraud and phishing when it comes to crypto and blockchain. Um, And then outside of that, we also care very much about news credibility and also internet child safety. There are topics that people outside of crypto don't actually realize because we don't really talk about those topics inside the crypto world. Um, And I just see a world where you feel safe opening a link. And everything that I do and everything that MetaSert does is around that kind of vision of helping people feel more safe when they open a link inside a mobile application or inside a browser. You know, when you're opening up a a website or a bot or a, an app or a Twitter account. We'd like to make sure that you feel safe in doing so.
0: Yeah. As part of the, of my onboarding process for new employees, whenever it's like, Oh, Hey, could you actually uh, give him like the one on one of singular DTB and such? And I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. Okay. So here's the first thing. Um, you got a brand new computer from the company, right? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Shoot it up. All right. Download Chrome. Yeah. Next thing. Look for MetaCert. What's that? Just download it and I'll explain it as it's downloading and installing. All right, what does it do? It will protect you and it will protect us. And that's all that matters. If it's green, it's good. If it's black, be aware. If it says don't go there, please don't go there. Simple
1: stuff. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, unfortunately, too many people rely on the padlock in the browser toolbar because they've been conditioned into thinking that that means that the website is safe. But unfortunately, it doesn't. It just means that the transmission of data between your browser and the website is encrypted. So somebody can't hack that as a man-in-the-middle attack. But unfortunately, those padlocks are there because the browser identifies the fact that the website has an SSL certificate, which is great for encryption, and it's important to have or achieve HTTPS everywhere. Unfortunately, SSL certificates are freely and widely available, automatically distributed so you don't need to be reviewed for anything as a website owner when applying for an SSL certificate. So phishing websites actually use them. So we're kind of reinventing the verification process, not just by decentralizing trust and reputation and allowing people to decide what should be trusted, but also, providing different visual indicators, so as you mentioned, kryptonite turns the shield from black to green when you visit a verified website or social media account. But the vision right. is for other browsers um, not other browsers we 're not a browser company that 's an extension, but we would like other we would like browser companies to adopt the Metaur protocol and implement their own visual indicator, but not just browsers it 's also you know in the context of blockchain and crypto. Blockchain, in my opinion, won't see mass adoption until we see the introduction of cybersecurity as an infrastructure layer. And that's what we're trying to achieve. That's what we're trying to uh, implement. We're trying to be that security layer. And um, so our vision is to have exchanges and wallets also adopt the MetaServe protocol so that they can, so exchanges can first of all, avoid fraud on their platform by preventing bad actors from accepting crypto but then also wallets wouldn't it be cool if your hardware wallet or software wallet provided the same kind of green shield to indicate that the wallet address you're about to send to is whole is also verified so that's one of the things that uh, one of the problems we're addressing right now and we announced recently actually cool wallet as the first hardware wallet in the world to build anti-fraud security to protect their customers from phishing scams by implementing MetaServe protocol and by providing that green shield. So you know
0: that you're sending your crypto to the right address. Well, that's that's really interesting because actually one of the things that I learned about last year from hardware wallets was that you can actually try to obtain um, a hardware wallet, but it's just you can actually find them cheaper if you go to um, eBay or Amazon or anything like that. But those are resellers, and more than likely, people uh, fraud resellers. Actually, you know, whenever you put in your crypto, they already have the private key back backdoor, and they can obtain all of your crypto. And I also had I also heard about this guy that he created a. Wallet address where there was a whole lot of ETH or a whole lot of uh, cryptocurrency and you actually needed or a whole lot of uh, another token and you needed some ETH, some GAF to actually take it out. So when people were actually trying to send ETH to actually take it out because he had published a private key, what the smart contract would do was actually forward that ETH over to another, uh, another um Another address, another wallet. And that was a phishing scam that happened. And it, even though it was only up for about four hours, apparently the guy walked away with a whole lot of crypto. And it would have been great if um, you know, the adoption for Metasaur and Kryptonite would have been available at that point in time because a lot of people wouldn't have actually have fallen into it.
1: It's genius. Um, Unfortunately, not everybody knows about MetaCert. I mean, quite a few people know about MetaCert in the crypto world, but not enough. And unfortunately, not enough crypto companies actually understand or appreciate the importance of security. I've met some founders who actually, quite frankly, didn't care. And their response was, well, if people are stupid enough to fall for phishing scams, then that's their problem. And that kind of upsets me because I think we're all responsible for trying to help each other stay more safe. And if we're a founder or CEO of a company, then it's our responsibility to help in as much as it's possible to reduce the risk of our technology or products or services being used for bad. And that's not always possible, but we should always try our best. And I think we just need to all try to be a little bit... It's, it's strange that... Cybersecurity is the number one challenge for blockchain adoption, and it's the number one issue within crypto, with phishing being the number one issue within
0: cyber
1: Yet, so many people don't understand or appreciate the importance of it, and then some people don't care. I just don't understand that.
0: It's um, obviously... Um you are well aware because you actually updated and jumped into the occasion. Uh, again, you were the Tony Stark, the hero there. <laughs> there, there, there was a whole lot of issues with uh, Twitter. Um, Singular DTB would post something on Twitter and immediately would have three replies and it was just phishing, um accounts, just bots that were going on. And it was really troublesome because a lot of people were... Um, you know, trying to get their news and trying to stay ahead of the comp- uh, ahead of the game, understanding what Singular D T B was doing, and we were very active from March all the way until actually recently. Uh, we had South by Southwest. We had Eferless Less on SingularX.com. Uh, we had the Centrality token um, available early in late. February, early March and a lot of discussions and a lot of things like Tribeca, Tribeca and we were pushing out content and we had to, every single day our customer service department, we're going nuts because is there anything we can do to let people know that we're not giving away ETH and Vitalik Butering and many other people started putting in their Twitter handles, uh, Vitalik Ventures not giving away ETH. Uh, Aaron McDonald not giving away ETH. Uh, Centrally not giving away ETH. And Singular DTB said we don't want to do that because that actually says that you know it takes away from our credibility. We started announcing our real URLs, our real accounts, and such. But when you came out with the you know Kryptonite being able to tell you if it was a a real account or not. At that point in time, I said, "This, this is, this is exactly what we need because this is community re- driven, rather than oh, let's see if Twitter actually certifies that it's that this is this is us." And it's even though they say it's not because of, of popularity. Um, I mean, I've seen accounts that are way, way, way less in time and followers, and they get verified, and we and other accounts don't, and I'm like. What I mean what's the what's the deal? Are they having lunch? Are they buying Starbucks coffee for the CEO or anything? Like what's going on? While you guys are actually stepping up and and you know protecting the people, protecting the the, the little guys, the companies and the the actors that are actually trying to push the drive the, the blockchain away uh, on, you know?
1: Yeah, we're we're playing catch up with the when they as they move to a new platform, we're playing catch-up to address those issues. But it yeah. it would be our dream for those platforms to actually adopt the MetaServe protocol instead of us having to build the applications. As you'll remember, phishing was a big problem on Slack in 2017. And that was brought yeah. to our attention thanks to Matt from your company, Singular DTV, which is what got us into crypto in the first place. And um, you don't read about it in about Slack anymore because we pretty much turned it off. MetaSert was installed in so many Slack communities that it literally turned off phishing in 2017. So, of yep. course, they migrated to Telegram, which is what I predicted in 2017. I, yep. I said to crypto companies, if you go to Telegram, that's cool, but you know beware that phishing will move there as soon as there's enough people with enough money on that platform. And, of course, it did. Yep. And uh, so we had to address that. So we built a security bot, which, again, is free. And it's now protecting over 800,000 people across over 800 crypto communities on Telegram. And so what do they do? They move to another platform. And then Twitter is one of those platforms that they've moved to. And so, excuse me, we did a, a few things. One is we updated Kryptonite so that it didn't just turn the shield from black to green when you visit a website, but when you visit Twitter. And then we updated it recently so that it annotates the Twitter replies, because even if you get your account verified by Twitter, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference because when you look at the Twitter replies, you don't get to see who's not verified. And if Twitter verified everybody who should be verified, then almost everybody would have a blue shield except for the ones that you probably want to avoid which means that you'll be more kind of conditioned into being worried about not seeing the blue shield. Whereas now people aren't conditioned to look for the blue shield because they know that the vast majority of legitimate accounts don't have that blue shield. So they don't look for it. And what kryptonite does is beside every uh, response inside a tweet, we place a black shield for accounts that have not been verified, and then a green dot for those that have been. And so you know to keep an eye out for the green shield on Twitter. But of course, we would like Twitter to do this. We don't want to necessarily have to build all the applications. But then also, very recently, we built a a security app. We built two security apps. One is private, one is public. The private one I can't talk about because it's a honeypot, and it helps us to identify signals and scams before anybody else and then classify those wallet addresses. But right. the public one, um, it's actually in beta and it's protecting accounts like Vinny Lingham and ran from CNBC and a, and a bunch of other high profile crypto people and companies. I I think it might even be doing Singular DTV. I, I can't remember. But basically what it does, you authorize it and then it monitors your account on your behalf. Because what happens is, let's say your account has been targeted. The bad actor will reply to one of your tweets. Then they will block you. Then they will change their avatar and screen name to look like yours. And then they will reply to their own reply. And in the middle of one of those, and it's generally three to four messages and in one of those messages they'll have a link to the phishing scam and yep. it looks like it's coming from your account. Yep. So what our application does, even though your account has been blocked, it can't block our kind of our bot. And so we identify that and we block we block that account on your behalf. And then if you want to, you can actually send a response automatically to that scam reply with a reply from your own account through our bot which basically says, this is a scam, don't listen to this account, so that your followers know that it's a scam. And then, let's say we're monitoring uh, a thousand accounts, it will automatically block for you all of the other accounts that have been blocked for everybody else. And it does all of this automatically. Um, So we can identify the signals associated with scams, block them on your behalf, warn your users, and then also classify, because we go and find... Uh, the link in the tweet, and then we follow that link automatically with our crawler. We identify the wallet address and then we classify it automatically. Um, And the majority of that was actually built inside a week. So if you hire the right people with domain expertise who have a desire to actually fix a problem, then you can fix these problems. But unfortunately, Twitter either doesn't have the desire or it doesn't have the right kind of people working on these problems. I'd like to think it's just a case of not having the domain expertise as opposed to lack of desire um, because I'm sure they really do care.
0: But
1: it's not that difficult to identify
0: scam accounts and then block them. It's actually pretty easy. Well, here's a little background on me. In 2016, I uh, I was working with AT&T here in Puerto Rico. I was one of the business uh, sales agents here. And AT recently has been trying to sell solutions for businesses uh, specifically in the entertainment er- uh, entertainment area, but also cyber security. And whatever you would actually go to any business and you would sit down with them and actually ask them, all right, so I can give you, um, it can give you the highest internet speed and the best BOIP solution for your uh, telephone system, and it can be hosted through us, and we can do all this. But what are you guys doing for um, cybersecurity? Uh, we have a firewall. All right. That sounds good. Uh, what about DDoS attacks? Um, we have security armed guards outside. I mean, that's fine. It's work outside. The police, is a, it's, a, it's a call away. No, 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 no. We're talking about cyber attacks and such. And they would not have the conversation with us because you know their mentality was, I'm just here to produce money and computers have everything and then I just don't click. Um, I have sandboxes and out Microsoft Outlook and that takes care of everything. And what we found out, a couple, you know, we would have that, Conversation with them, and then months later, they would call us back and be like, "Uh, someone stole all of our information and held it from ransom, and we had to pay five hundred thousand dollars to actually get it back." I'm not allowed to say who, but there was actually a mayor of this town that, thanks to a text message that he received on WhatsApp, he pretty much gave um, access to his phone, which gave access to. All of the passwords that he had on his email address, which gave access to the um, the exchange server to where his office was, and then the whole municipality was actually held for ransom. They had don't. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any paperwork, and all of the personal information, sensitive information from employees, was actually stolen, and they had to pay. About four million dollars to actually get it all back, or oh. it would have been a huge scandal. And this actually proved our point that cybersecurity was a very big issue at this point in time in 2016. I didn't know anything about blockchain when I started learning about blockchain. Zach LeBeau told me that everyone needs to be, um, you know responsible for what they do what they learn i mean we cannot be held responsible for for what they choose to do we can let them know that there are bad actors we're not gonna ask for private keys and such and then the problem the whole problem in 2017 like you said with slack and that's actually when metasert came in but to tie all this together i mean there are really there's people that still to take for granted their cybersecurity i myself being a community manager i was ha- i was technically i was hacked even though i use a vpn a firewall and sometimes i even use a sandbox to, to filter all of this and i call my internet service provider every now and then and you know change my ip address and everything even though it's dynamic i do all of these uh, measurements thanks to a uh, bad actor in reddit the guy contacted me and said, "This is your MAC address from your computer." I'm like, "Whoa, you are <laughs> le- you're legit," and I got a death threat as as well.
1: Sweet, yeah, it's um, <clears throat> we're living in kind of almost 007 times where yep. I just got back from Bangkok at the Hybrid Summit, an amazing summit put on by Hybrid Block, um, and they had security detail because wherever you have a high concentration of crypto. Um, enthusiasts. You're going to have a high concentration of wealth that could be easily accessible. Of course, smart people will make sure that they don't have access, readily access to their own crypto in case of a hack or you know an abduction or something more extravagant. But I've yet to go to a conference where at least one person hasn't come to me to say that they've been compromised personally, which has then led to a hack. Because we read about the hack's because they have these big media titles in the millions. But many of these hacks actually start with social engineering and phishing. They're not really hacks as such. And social engineering is one of the biggest challenges. And we really need to be careful of how we actually conduct our business. If you're interacting with a lot of crypto, then you should have a dedicated phone and a dedicated computer with no messaging systems and Completely locked down and don't use it for anything else. You know, be very careful with even when you're printing pass keys because printer wireless print, printers have been known to be hacked. Um, make sure you've got at least two administrators in your company for everything important, so that if you are compromised, at least you have a second administrator to lock them out. Yep. Uh, make sure everybody has one password or an application similar to it for two-factor authentication instead of using. SMS-based authentication. Um, So there's a lot of different safeguards we can put in place, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we're hack-proof or it's impossible to socially engineer us. What it does mean is we increase the cost and time it will take for a bad actor to compromise you or compromise your company in the same way that if a burglar goes into a housing estate, they're likely to target the houses with the least amount of security. So they'll look for, you know, different things like alarms and guard dogs and lights and whether you're on holidays, they look for things like whether your post box, your mailbox is full of letters, whether your bins are out a couple of days after they're supposed to be brought in, They will look at all these things to identify the weakest link in the chain, and they'll do exactly the same thing within the blockchain, within the crypto world. So the more security that we have, the more likely we are to be safe from an attack, and they will go to a different company. In the same way that they don't bother with Slack anymore because of the fact that MetaSert was installed in so many communities that... They would rather go to a different platform. So they move to Telegram, Twitter, and they'll go to another platform in probably three to six months. Um, and they'll keep doing that till they find the weakest link. So we just have to try our best to do as much as we possibly can.
0: Yeah. Um, in my family, the weakest link is my father because he thinks that he knows it all. And then he is the one that is always clicking everything that anyone sends him <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> He's only been on Facebook for about 18 months. And he's like, um, I think your mom is, is going to divorce me. Why? Because I click a link and it got me to a, a pornography website. So what's the problem? you know your mom doesn't like pornography? I know. I remember. And... <laughs> Yeah, and then the problem is that who sent me the picture, or who sent me the link is actually a female. So your mom thinks that there's something going on. I'm like, no, just, and then I have to have the conversation with my mother. It's like, he was hacked. No, he was hack. Oh, okay, I got it. And then I, st- I, I recently, because of the blockchain, I started having a, a more in-depth, be careful uh, what you guys do on the internet. Pretty much like twenty years ago, what they would exactly say to me: uh, "Be careful what you do on the internet." Um, and the conversation tends to go like, you know, there's there's this things called phishing, and they try to get you to do this. Um, if you ever receive something, just don't click on it. Just go to just go yourself, or you know, just call me, hit me up, and I'll get I'll, I'll let you guys know. Because right now, the I guess that the main and you can confirm this the main target uh that scammers actually use is 50 plus uh year olds um, baby boomers and and beyond because they are the ones that actually are digital now because there's no other type of cell phones and everything has moved over to the internet adoption uh, rate but they are not savvy they just are very trust uh trusty with um you know, with the internet and Facebook specifically. And I mean, is that right? What I'm saying?
1: Well, it's definitely a target demographic for sure. For um, different types of scams, not necessarily the same type of scams that we see in the crypto world, but yeah, yeah, phone calls uh, where they pretend to be. The IRS. You know, a niece or a nephew. The IRS is another one. A niece or a nephew who can't pay for their flight and, There's all kinds of scams that I I hear about uh, with the elderly. Um, It's unfortunate. I really wish these people would find a different way to make a living. Uh, But the bad actors are going to be there forever. So we just have to try and do our best to stay, catch up with them. Uh, It's almost impossible to stay ahead of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, how long would you... You said that it took you a week to figure out the whole... um, you know the whole scam on twitter how long does it does it usually take when when there's a new trend of phishing and scams how long does you and the MetaCert team actually take on actually re, the you know reverse engineer the process so you can actually attack it or counterattack it
1: well with the with the twitter situation i wouldn't say it's perfect it took us a week to do something meaningful um it would have been meaningful enough for twitter even to release something similar in beta with a handful of high-profile people just to test the water. But we do have machine learning uh, included in that. So it's, always, it's constantly learning from the signals. So we're, it's, it's about identifying the signals, the, phrase, the phrases and the words used. Um, with phishing, we're a little bit lucky in the sense that we have a, the world's biggest cyber threat intelligence system already. And that's basically a fancy term for a big database of classified URLs into approximately sixty-five categories, of which malware, phishing, triple X, crypto mining, are some of them, and the ones that people care most about in crypto. And I and I mentioned triple X because we also monitor triple X links inside Telegram groups that have installed MetaSert because uh, many of them will harbor spyware or ransomware. Yeah. Um, And so we have that threat intelligence system, but it's also an extraordinarily advanced system in the sense that it's easily extensible and it's extremely easy for us to build tools on top and it's very easy for us to update it. And because we have such a massive global kind of community of end users and customers, we pretty much have our finger on the pulse and as much as it's technically possible in the world of phishing globally. And we have people who report to us links that look suspicious or links that they've confirmed to be phishing because they've either lost money themselves or they've heard of somebody losing money. And they get reported to us on a regular basis. And we then quickly uh, research, uh, identify, and then classify them. And then, of course, every product that we have is updated in real time. So if I classify a phishing domain right now, then Kryptonite will be updated uh, pretty much in real time. So if you try to go to that website, it'll block access to it, which is why when somebody has been compromised, like my ether wallet, when we change the classification, a lot of people get protected because they're unable to send access to that website. So it, there are other tools and techniques that we use to identify additional phishing links when a domain has been found. You know, it could be shared hosting. Um, there could be other techniques that we can use to identify phishing links that have not been reported yet but it's about classifying them as soon as we possibly can it's it's impossible to stay on top of phishing scams before they happen because there's nothing to stop you from building a web page right now that looks exactly like my crypto or my ether wallet or yep. another website that's widely used and then sending it to somebody it's as soon as that somebody reports it to MetaSert. And that's why we're decentralizing the trust and reputation in order to be able to uh, incentivize and reward people for doing that reporting and that validation work. It allows us to scale that truly uh, globally, not just for websites, but social media accounts. And it's also the reason why I believe the new green shield is a very important, it's, one of the, it's probably one of the most important things that I've personally ever worked on in my life, in my career. Um, yeah. Because zero people have fallen for a phishing scam when using kryptonite. Because even if there's a new phishing scam, you'll see a black shield, which means research, do more, uh, look for more additional information to find out if it's a legitimate website or not. Yep. Always look out for the green shield. So not every legitimate website or social media account will have a green shield, but it does force people to either ask them to get a green shield or it allows users an opportunity to do additional research to make sure they're on the legitimate website. So I think that's one of the most important things that we work on. And nobody else is doing that, whether it's uh, MetaMask or the other open source browser add-ons that are anti-phishing. They all do one thing a little bit similar some battered nutters which is block fishing sites but the green shield is the one thing that's unique to Metasert and that's the one thing that we are known for. I've spoken to people at conferences for maybe 10 15 minutes and they've been asking me about Metasert and then kryptonite comes up in conversation and they're like, "Oh man, you're the guy you're the guy's with the green shield. I didn't realize that. I use that. I rely on that." So it's Some people might say that's a bad thing from a branding perspective, but it's not really because we want those products to be associated kind of with Metasur Protocol, but not too closely. Because Metasur Protocol is a cyber threat intelligence system, is the blockchain registry, and we want that to be adopted by, you know... Other security companies, we wanted to be adopted by Wi-Fi hotspot providers and telco providers, uh, ISPs, mobile device OEMs, browsers, whereas Kryptonite and the Telegram bot and the Slack application and the HipChat application and the other products that we have for child safety and fake news, they add utility and they get me up in the morning because I wake up to emails or Telegram messages every day thanking us for helping them feel more safe when buying and selling crypto. But really, they're just use cases. They're examples of how the protocol could be used on mass scale. Yeah, that's true.
0: And now what do it- you Sorry, mentioned- I sidetracked quite a lot no, from your question. No, no, again. It, no, it's fine. No, I appreciate it because, um, I mean, as, as you explain everything in detail about Metasur and Kryptonite, It's very important that people actually understand what uh, what you guys are doing. It's it's not just saying, yay or nay. Actually, you're you're doing what a lot of people have been uh, criticizing as far as blockchain technology. You actually, you guys, the created your product, and you you pretty much said this is how this should be and how it works. And now you guys are in the verge of actually doing um, your own tokens, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. We, we actually just open sourced our first project, which is Kryptonite. So Kryptonite is now open source as of um, August 9th. Um, and we will open source as much as is technically possible over the next few months. And yeah, we're introducing our own token in order to be able to reward people who already report or submit links and also to incentivize good behavior. Because when somebody submits a phishing link, for example, we don't want them to just submit a thousand links and then get paid. You need to stake some token. When it's live, you'll stake some token for each submission, and then when people validate that and there's consensus around that decision, then everybody gets paid in tokens. So you get your stake back and some token to get uh, to reward you for that hard work. So we already have. We want to reward and incentivize the people that are already doing it, but we also want to attract people from other open source uh, projects like Fish Tank, which are. You know, they're good projects, they add value, but in the world of crypto, that value is limited because it's such a slow legacy oil tanker of a project that it takes a long time to classify when people come to a consensus. So I'd like them to come to MetaServe Protocol where they will get their decisions uh, agreed more, their work kind of reviewed more quickly, and then they'll get rewarded for it as well in MetaToken. Um, With the... Security service for exchanges and wallets, which I see is one of the biggest things inside MetaCert. That will be a completely free service for exchanges and wallets, in the same way that Verisign, Komodo, Symantec provided a free service to browsers. You know, they didn't try to charge the browsers for the padlock. <clears throat> what they did and still do is they charge website owners for buying the SSL certificate, and then the certificate is what's used by the browser to identify that kind of, that encryption. What we will do is, we're doing it for free right now, um, but what we will do is charge companies who want to be verified, who want to have their wallet address verified, because they don't want to have that black shield inside the wallet. They will pay in token, but then the people who do the validation work will get paid in token. So there's two types of submissions. There's one where you stake um, because you're submitting something as phishing or triplex or sports or religion. And then the other type of submission is when you're actually looking to have something you own uh, verified. And by getting other people to do the validation work, we decentralize the trust and reputation. So it's no longer going to be, why should I trust Metasert? It should be we trust MetaServe Protocol because that represents the people. That represents the community of people who actually do the
0: validation work. Yeah, I, I agree with the I agree with the um, the democratic uh, aspect of what you're bringing because when I when I started explaining about MetaServe and Kryptonite, and I said the community is the, actually the one that it's you know submitting all the URLs. Oh, as far as what's fitching what's porn what's um what's fake news and such there were people that I would say but what if i just want to list um i don't know kardashians.com because i hate the kardashians i got personally miguel martinez doesn't have anything against the kardashians this is just an example <laughs> um so i would tell them well here's the thing when you submit um one of those other people actually have to validate. They have to come to a consensus and say, like, okay, yeah, that one's fake. That one is not legit, or just be like, don't be that guy, and just you know, you don't like him, but well, you don't like him, but it's it's okay. It's it's a it's a it's a valid website. It's not a phishing website. It's not a fake website, or it's not a porn website. So go away. And that agent is you know it's. Their their stake actually goes down a little bit because they didn't do their homework or they were actually malicious agent or anything of that sort. And then people would actually start seeing the value. And this is the conversation that I have with a lot of people now when I tell them blockchain is not about one entity or it's not just about one group of people. It's actually about the world it's a movement it's an evolution of a mindset where tech the techno- it's not about technology impacting society it's actually about society society finally impacting uh, the technology of how what the technology is and how can we actually further uh, use it for the advantage of society Kind of like what Ari Levy Cohen is always saying. There is a Lego mat and we're building on top of that Lego mat. And we're adding all, we're adding all of these pieces. And even those people actually laugh at it. It kind of makes sense. Because this, the blockchain is a Lego mat. And we're, we're building on top of the blockchain itself. And there's so many uses and so many things. And so many applications that we could use and decentralize. And it's all about the people. It's all Finally, it's about the people rather than the agenda of... Uh, of someone or some groups if you will without getting political or religious or any of that then
1: exactly and um outside of the crypto cybersecurity one of the topics of one of the topics that I care a lot about that I mentioned earlier is uh news credibility and io the company behind Adblock Plus launched a product on Product Hunt on August 9th called Trusted News. And it's a browser add on. And it tells you whether a news source is far left, far right, satirical, fake, or legitimate news. And that's 100% powered by MetaSur protocol. And we as a company, as a team, did not decide on the classification of what is fake and what is not, for example. We actually just simply aggregated the data provided by the fact checkers and then found all of their social media accounts that were owned by those website owners and then classified those also in machine-readable format in the same way that we have phishing and malware and triple X. And so to your point, um, there's no way a single entity could really uh, appease the majority of people with regards to its opinion on the classification of different types of new sources. Correct. That is a really good example, I think, of uh, certainly one of the most difficult categories to get right. And I'm not convinced that MetaSert will get it right by itself. We'll set up a working group, which will include industry stakeholders like the Adblock Plus team and other organizations involved in this space to try and come up with some kind of, kind of reputation system on top of the protocol And the tokenized economy then would incentivize people to try their best to be honest when it comes to what they think in regards to news. So I think a token and uh, and also their own browser, Trusted News, they're actually going to adopt the meta token inside of their browser as a currency to try and encourage their users also to classify news whether it's to agree or disagree with current classifications or not to start with but that's a very difficult one to get right because it's not like yes this is phishing get one to two experts to validate check this is definitely phishing uh this is triple x this is malware this is sports this is religion this is entertainment news is a different beast altogether and i think it's one of those categories that could benefit most from the token curated registry where you do get society to decide on what the
0: classification should be. Yeah. You know, in, in one of the previous episodes from Season 1 of the Singular DTV podcast, um, uh, I asked the question to Jason Tyrell, VP of Entertainment. If in our distribution platform, would we have... Some type of curation, some type of a prediction. And he said, yes, def- there's definitely going to be kind of like a machine learning experience, but people tend to relate more to movies, films and content if it's recommended by someone they trust. And when you start, would you start actually following critics or you start hearing more about more and more from friends and family, um, it actually makes more sense. And then as you start going into this new platform that we're building and you start curating your own content and what you actually want and how you explore, obviously, there's going to be the machine learning experience. But we're also going to have our own people and, you know, the community actually curate what actually is good, what what's actually, uh, if you like this. Uh, singular ddb original content like such as new frontiers um you're going to enjoy this or if you actually enjoy this you're going to enjoy singular ddb's new frontier uh thing and i believe that curation markets tcrs and that this whole movement in the blockchain um and tokenomic model will actually push us to uh, a new type of society i mean because at this point in time people are always trying to figure out what's the tr- real truth or at least was the truth according to that society, that group, that demographic. Um, whether you are into something that's religious, something that's way more of entertainment, whether it's far left, far right, political, whatever, you actually want to you actually want to see real perspective, and you actually want to know that this is good content and be uh, categorized under what it's actually really about. And at that point in time. Don't have to be so defensive or be taken, or take for granted something that you thought it was not good, but it's actually really good because other people with kind of like your same mindset actually said it is good. So, I mean, I I I don't see MetaCert as just uh you guys protect me on crypto, you do and I appreciate it, but I actually see the value of the community and how you, um, take. Whatever it's out there and you categorize it and let us know what it is for what it's real and not just what the uh, agent or the the creator agent is actually just trying to feed us. So I, I think this, in my perspective, this is just great. Actually, I have to say I'm a fan of MetaCert and not because I'm talking to you. Ever since I learned about this on on the Slack and SingularGTB, I'm like, these guys are geniuses. And I, well, kudos to you on everything that you do. You have not proven me wrong. I appreciate that, Miguel. Yeah.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Yeah, we just have to execute now with the blockchain project over the course of the next six months.
0: Yeah. With help from the community, of course. Of course, no. Without I, it's it's funny because we always say this. Um, every single person that I talk to in every other blockchain project is the same thing. Without the community, I wouldn't be around because sometimes I just want to. I've actually had one person tell me sometimes I just want to quit, and then I get a message from one of the guys in the community and be like. I love your project, I'm passionate about it and then he's like gives his give them an essay of why their project is so great and there's like, Okay, now I got my coffee to carry on in the morning and keep doing what I'm doing. So, and, and
1: exactly, your,
0: your Telegram community is actually really cool because there's a lot of people trying to get, understand what you guys are doing. And whenever I, I I would I drop in, it's like there's people engaging and talking, and you know, ah, this is happening, and I we need to submit this link, and this uh, this is wrong, and you guys should, uh, you know, people giving ideas, people giving solutions, and people giving feedback, and it's great.
1: It is actually, it. it's very inspiring. And it's very important. I would rather have 10 passionate people in the community than 100,000 people that don't have any idea they've come in via, you know, an advertising network or something. But we're very lucky. We have 10,000 very active, 100% organic uh, community members who've come in via other communities and uh, tele- and kryptonite and other products that we have. So we're very lucky. In fact, actually, we're going to announce um, a beta program specifically for people who use Kryptonite. And that will allow Kryptonite users to become the first people to beta test the testnet in submitting and validating links. And it's almost like... a. uh, A sale without a sale because to participate in the beta program, you'll need to purchase tokens because that's part of the process. But in return for purchasing the tokens, we will give it bonus. So as a Kryptonite user, you will be able to gain access early to the program, start to build your reputation system quicker, buy tokens with a bonus, um, and get involved before anybody else. So that's something we're going to make happen in the next... Uh probably by mid to late August. Well it's already built and ready. We
0: just have to do some more internal
1: quality assurance.
0: Well, this is actually great. I know a lot of people from Singular DTB would be interested in participating uh in this. I'm pretty sure Matt is already aware of this. I, I think you guys are like <laughs> really good buddies. <laughs> Um, Yeah, that's great. If it wasn't for Matt, I'm sure we
1: may have come into crypto at some point because we would have noticed that there was a problem with phishing on Slack, but Matt brought our attention to it. And that's when, you know, before Matt came to me, we were about to execute a go to market strategy. Our original business model, when we launched the company and when we founded the company in 2011, was to protect kids from inappropriate content on smartphones and tablets. But then we changed the business model to in-app security, messaging security. And on Slack and HipChat, our customers include F5, NTT Security, HP, IBM, um, McAfee, uh, F5, Blackhawk Network, AppDirect, and a lot of other big customers. But we didn't know what they liked or disliked about the software whether they even realized that they had it installed after so long and how much they'd be willing to pay for it. So we had a go-to-market strategy to find out all of that information in order to get a product market fit. But then Matt came to us and spoiled all of that and said, we have this uh, phishing problem in Slack. Can you have a look at it? Because you seem to be the only company that solves this problem. Um, And then we looked at it, I spoke to a number of people who had lost, Pedro in Mexico had lost his entire life savings of $20,000 and a businesswoman who'd lost all of her life savings. They were crying inside direct messages and it's very unusual and uncommon for a CEO of a security company to speak directly to people who literally just lost their money through fraud. Um, And that was the point that I decided that MetaSert had to stop its go-to-market strategy for big companies for whom we predicted phishing would be a problem as it migrates from email to messaging but within crypto it just was a a, houses were on fire and just ordinary day everyday people losing all of their money so that's why we decided to really get a product fit because the the attacks in slack there were coming in ways that we couldn't have predicted for big companies um I don't know if you remember, but they used the Slack bot reminder and direct messages and incoming webhook API. So it took us three months to get a product fit for the crypto world on Slack, and so we yeah. dedicated all of our time and resource to that. And that's then, and then it kind of just grew from there. We decided to focus on crypto so that we could become um, the number one security company to help protect people but also help encourage or increase the likelihood of blockchain becoming mainstream by reducing the risk of people losing their money. But then also, it's good for business. If we can become the number one in crypto, that's good leverage for becoming the number one in fintech, and then fintech is just one vertical. That's true. So thank you, Matt. Thank you, (laughs) Singularity TV.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, something really quick that i that i uh, i stumbled upon this morning and i'm like okay yes i'm going to i'm going to ask him i'm going to ask paul about this <laughs> What is your take about the whole WPA2 crack issue um security problem that's going on right now? There's a whole lot of uh, communication now that we're going to have to move over to WPA3 for Wi-Fis. And you mentioned uh, a while ago, you mentioned telcos, Wi-Fi companies, and hotspots and such. What is your take on, on, on this? Is it something that you guys can think uh, a solution for? In
1: summary... If any compromised situation starts with somebody opening the wrong link, then that's what we help with. We can't stop somebody from attacking and hacking a hardware device, but we can stop that if it starts with the end user clicking a link, which then compromises their device or network.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like when when people when people tell me, oh, but I write that uh, I, I'm a I'm an Apple user. I'm a I'm a big uh, Apple fan, and I actually worked for Apple from 2007 till 2010 back in Orlando, Florida. And I tell people the only way that you can actually infect a Mac like really infected, not that it's of a malware or of, or a ransomware, any of that sort, that you can actually infect the OS is because you installed something, because you gave it permission, because you open it, unlike other OSs And it's, it's, this is not a conversation about whether this OS or it's better than the other one. It's about you being the user. You're actually the tool that enables Problems with doing your own system and how your security or your you know the hacking of course, Social engineering is a huge problem. AT and T actually gives a lot of training on, on this, and and they actually experience a whole lot of issues with um, actors inside the in, inside the company um, giving. Giving information from customers and creating a whole debacle of situations that actually cost them millions of dollars because of fraud, specifically to Puerto Rico, um, because people would call them offering fifty percent of their off of, of their bill. Then ten minutes later, they would not have service, and then next month, next month's bill comes in it's three thousand dollars because there's phone calls from Mexico calling to Cuba, and there was there was a whole lot of uh, you know problems on that sense and there were credits there were uh sim cards uh, given away and then there's the whole um situation which you mentioned um people actually hacking your sim card or social engineering their way to actually get get your phone number transferred to another sim card and using and you know hacking your your passwords and everything and then Taking away all of your crypto. One of the reasons why I tell people don't do that. Do two FA away from your phone. Do two FA on another type of solution, such as a, a, a number generator or something, Google Authenticator or Authy or LastPass. And I actually use LastPass as my password manager. And these are these are methods of prevention. So when you when you actually look at my computer and when I set it up, I take a long time on checking everything and when i have a very uh, malicious link i go incognito i make sure that my vpn is on and sometimes i even use a kind of like a sandbox solution where i go and use a vmware uh, solution like a like a virtual machine solution to actually check stuff cuz there's no way to actually be safe people tell me i'm paranoid i'm like look i don't want i don't want anyone hacking my computer trust me
1: exactly no you need to be careful can't be too careful
0: yeah i've seen i've seen people i actually remember um someone in the you know if um i used to be well i went to school for engineering production entertainment business and that sort of thing and in florida i went to studio and i saw i saw how one of the artists actually opened up his his computer and all of a sudden his computer had nothing except for a picture that said, I got your information, call this number. And it was bad because all of his demos and master tracks and every, all, all of the album that the guy was trying to produce and it was big and it's actually someone that's knowledgeable in the music industry. I'm not allowed to say the name. Everything was on that lap on that laptop and everything had to be taken away because well, he went to a triple X site and there was a ransomware and stuff happened.
1: So we live in a weird and wonderful world.
0: <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, um, so Paul in the next couple of days, uh well you said by mid August and or late August, we're actually going to see a beta launch on on for Kryptonite for people to actually participate and do kind of like a obtain their tokens plus a bonus. Any other projects that you're looking into on l- late um 2018 or early 2019 that you can share with us?
1: Um, well, we're on we our private sale starts right now, so we're talking to a number of private token buyers. Uh, the beta program will allow access to our community, to the token purchase process with a bonus, as well as obviously being able to participate in the beta program itself, which is very important to us. Um, Our main net will be live before the end of the year. Testnet will be ready by September. Um, Cool Wallet which is the amazing uh, hardware wallet that MetaCert is baked into? That's CoolWallet.io. MetaCert is going to be listed uh, inside that wallet when we go live on the mainnet. Um, so that's going to be pretty interesting for all of our uh, end users that are buying and selling our to- buying our tokens. We'll build some kind of wallet inside Kryptonite as well, so that you can actually uh, see. The uh, balance of your tokens inside kryptonite, not obviously if you own a lot of tokens because we 'd like you to use a hardware wallet um, and then we just have a we have a lot of announcements. we have actually twenty integrations in the pipeline um, awesome i can 't mention all of them, but some of them are include some of the most widely used wallets in the world um, i can 't mention those. Um, what I can mention is PreSearch is a decentralized search engine. They did their token launch last year. They're going to integrate MetaSur protocol in order to be able to provide more information from their search results. Um, yeah. MetaLife is a decentralized browser coming out that's in beta right now. They're going to integrate MetaServe protocol to add security to their browser. Um, I can't speak for Brave, but I know that on Twitter they did say they were going to integrate the same functionality as Kryptonite because of the massive number of requests from their users to add that green shield. So fingers crossed, if anybody from the Brave team is listening to this, and I do know some of the team, that they do actually integrate the same functionality by integrating the MetaServe protocol because that will keep a lot more people safer. Yeah. they said they would do that when they moved to Chromium. So hopefully that's going to be soon. And then uh, Rocket Chat is a big open source messaging platform yep. where we've got a very close relationship with them. We're going to together build an open source security module for all of the customers that use Rocket Chat. Um, and then there's a lot of other integrations that I can't mention. So we have a lot of work ahead of us. And That's part of the reason. I mean, we're launching the token in order to do all the things that I already mentioned. It so happens to be good for fundraising also. And that's the byproduct. And it really is the byproduct. But we do need to do that fundraising in order to be able to hire more people to uh, help get mass adoption for the protocol by getting those integrations built as soon as we possibly can.
0: Yeah. So a lot of work ahead of us. A lot of of work, a lot of of exciting things, kind of like what's going on in Singular DTB right now.
1: Uh, And a lot of localization, too. We just did a tour of Asia um, for four weeks, my COO and I, Ian Hayward. Um, I want to give him a shout-out, because Ian actually, as one of the first 50 contributors to Mozilla, he started and built the Firefox developer Evangelist community. And so we bring that kind of experience and kind of ethos to MetaSert when engaging with our community. Um, So we we went to Asia to meet with potential partners and customers and affiliates, but also to learn more about each of the cultures in each of the jurisdictions. And so that was just a start of our learning journey, uh, because you need to understand the culture before you can begin to localize a product or service. Because a lot of the time, localizing a product or service is more than just changing the language. It could mean changing the design or user experience. So rolling out localized versions of all of our tools and products
0: is, in the, is on the horizon for the next six to nine months. Yeah, makes sense. Singular D T B is interested in you know becoming a global thing, but the, the way that the way in the conversation that happens in Asia, it's very different than the way in the conversation that happens in uh, Western Europe, and very different that happens in Latin America. It's specifically yeah. in Puerto Rico where we, we are we're very particular about the way we do things because um, the way that. You know we're kind of American, but we're also Latin and we're a mix of the world, so there's a there's a little this there has to be a specific way of how you present your projects, the user interface and such so I agree, and you're actually thinking the correct way building local nodes of communities actually is the key to sex success for any blockchain project you said the 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 key to
1: sex, didn't you yeah. There was all of that talk about triple uh, x content really i I, I,
0: I freudian slip <laughs> wow i actually you know what um i i think i used to spoke too fast key of success <laughs> wow thanks paul thank you for pointing that out i'm not sure if i'm gonna and on that and, I'm not, uh, and on that note <laughs> on, on that note actually i wanted to ask you since Word singular ddb is an entertainment company what's actually your favorite genre of films I would say suspense, thrillers. Good choice. And as far as music, what's your favorite artist?
1: I don't have one. I use Pandora because it allows me to choose one or two artists or songs that I like, and then it recommends stuff. And half the time, I don't even know who the artist (laughs) is. I just enjoy the music. So it could be anything from, I don't know, U2, U2 to piano music to actually, a great station on Pandora is um
0: brunch in bed i've, I've it's I actually have that one and I have to say that it's really yeah i i actually have to Amazing. say that it's cool because when I'm brewing my coffee in the morning and i just i feel like i need something to pick me up, but you know not too not too heavy i I'm, i don't feel like yeah, it's to, awesome I don't feel like listening to metal just right now it's five thirty in the morning and the, and my <laughs> kid is sleeping and she's eight months old and then I go to that one. It, it was actually recommended to me by one of my one of my mentors who's, uh, who is a very chill guy. He's like very into jazz, very into like smooth uh, music. But he said, this actually picks me up and it's good to have with a very nice of Puerto Rican coffee. I'm like, okay, let me try it out. So you're like the second person to actually mention this station. This is cool.
1: <laughs> Maybe we can measure people by the stations they recommend on Pandora. Well,
0: I actually mention I actually measure people on, on their listening uh, music habits. If um if people tell me I the, one of the questions that I always ask them is Rolling Stones or Beatles. If they tell Beatles, we're not gonna be able to be friends. <laughs> I, I'm a very and, and with that being said, I'm a very unpopular guy. I'm a very unpopular guy because I'm I'm the guy that actually don't like the Beatles. I'm more of a Rolling. Stones. I actually don't like either of them. I actually don't like either of them. I can listen to. Where does that place me? No, that places you where I am because I mean the Rolling Stones are like um, I can I can listen to them, but if I can skip the song uh, in and without the audio, I'm actually gonna skip the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not my cup of tea. Yeah, no, um, just uh, a lot, lot of '80s music and a lot of um, a lot of Metallica. That's my take. You know, t- something simple. I I, I always mention Metallica in every single episode. I should I should be paying royalties or something from them. I'm gonna reach out to them see if I can get them on this podcast. <laughs> All right, Paul. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Again, you kind of are uh, like the own crypto avenger, if you will. You should tokenize yourself. And this <laughs> and this actual episode is brought to you by our friends. Token.io, tokenize yourself, tokenize everything. It's a product from Singular DTV. Token.io. Matt McGivern is the product manager and the person responsible for having Paul brought into the crypto world, as he has mentioned many times throughout this episode. Thank you all for supporting Singular DTV and the entertainment industry disruption evolution movement. My name is Miguel Martinez, Michael Twenty Seven A. Have a good one. See y'all in the blockchain. Today's episode is brought to you by Tokit, Singular DTV's digital rights management platform. Tokenize and raise funds for your creative project by visiting tokit.io today.